0: Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window all this week. Uh, until today, Mary Alice and I have been looking at four compromises that Pharaoh offered Moses when God sent Moses to tell Pharaoh to let the people go. And the reason why we've taken this time is we feel like these compromises that Pharaoh offered Moses are the same compromises that the devil offers people today. Mm-hmm. And I know if you've been with us the last three days, you know what I'm about to say already, so I'll say it real quickly. but. In this story between Pharaoh and Moses, there are symbols that relate to us today. Pharaoh here kind of represents Satan, the enemy. Moses, of course, represents God and God's people. And the Israelites, of course, uh, represent God's people. And then uh, what we see about Egypt is Egypt is a type of the world system. And so clearly God wants to call his people out of the world system into a whole new life with a whole new destiny. Why we find this uh, particular section of the Bible so intriguing and so interesting is the same deal is being offered to people today. The idea that you can somehow uh, follow Jesus, but yet be in love with this world system. And throughout the scriptures, as we've seen, God always talks about the two roads, two ways of life, and that we can't travel two roads. So today we want to look at the fourth compromise that Pharaoh offered Moses. It's it's important just to review here a little bit because every time he offered Moses a compromise, Moses wisely said no. The first compromise was worship God, but stay here in Egypt, stay here in the world. Moses said no. Then the second compromise, okay, you can follow Jesus, but don't get real serious about it. Go, but don't go very far. And then yesterday we talked about the third compromise where finally Pharaoh said, okay, Moses, you can go all the way with God but you got to leave your kids. You got to leave the kids to me. You got to leave the kids to the world system. And Moses said, no way in the world are we going to do that. But now he's got one more deal. Pharaoh's got one more deal for Moses. But before I get into it, Mary Alice, there is a really, really important point to make. And that is Satan will always try to get us cheap. Mm -hmm. He will always try to get us as cheap as he possibly can. And then If he can't get you cheaply, then he'll sweeten the deal a little bit and keep doing it. I mean, we see this in the temptation of Jesus. You know, turn these rocks into bread. Well, that was a cheap cheap way. Well, that didn't work. Okay, jump off the temple and let the angels catch you. And then when that didn't work, remember the third one was bow down and worship me and i'll give you all the kingdoms of the world well he didn't offer that to jesus first time right he's just it's a it's a it's a bidding war and that's it i mean satan is involved in a bidding war for your soul for the souls of your kids Mm -hmm. and for the souls of every human being and if he can't get you cheap he'll sweeten the deal so now he has sweetened the deal to the final point he said to moses okay you can go and you can go all the way and you can take your kids with you, but here's the compromise. In verse 24, go worship the Lord, but leave your flocks and herds here. Well, they didn't have currency like we have currency today. Wealth was in animals, it was in stock. So basically he was saying, okay, go take your kids, but you gotta leave your possessions here in Egypt. And he understood with all these compromises, if Moses had taken any one of them, he would have still owned these people. And
1: they would have come back. And They, they would, would have come been, back. Yeah, they would be they rendered would have ineffective, back. or they, would have, they wouldn't have made it.
0: And right out of the box, I think about something that Jesus said. He said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be. And and as I've said before at New Spring so many times, my inclination is to think of the opposite. the way yeah, yeah, where my heart is, that's where my treasure will be. <laughs> Jesus said it doesn't work that mm-hmm. way. He said, where your treasure is, your heart will be. I mean, um, I've seen this several times, you know, a bumper sticker on the back of the car. I mean, you know, it might be a uh, university. My money and my daughter go to <laughs> Baylor University, you know, or some university. So let's talk about this for a moment, Mary Alice. Why do you think it would be true that it's important for us that our possessions also be at the discretion of the Lord's usage?
1: Well, there's nothing that we have that God didn't give us. So if we try to withhold that from him, it's kind of the ultimate in gratitude. You would have to be ungrateful to want to withhold our possessions from him since he gave it to us to begin with.
0: So would it be true then that if there's some possession that we have, whether it's material or otherwise, is it possible then that if there's something that I own that's not under the lordship of Christ that it could become an idol for me?
1: Absolutely I think it would automatically be an idol.
0: yeah it would be but
1: tell us what that would look like I mean well
0: I think you know I've, I've met people that said you know uh, this is a you know this is a spiritual thing this part of my life is spiritual but money's money and so consequently right. you know my money is mine it's I, I earned it God right. doesn't have anything to say about this you know or some possession that I have that I'm in love with because here's the thing. If I belong to Christ, and everything in my life, my my family, my my eternal soul, if, if those things belong to Christ, it, it makes no sense that I would say, "But God, you got to keep your hands off this. This is mine. This is something that I own." Uh, at that point, I would think that any possession that I own, that it's not under the lordship of Christ. That becomes an avenue through which Satan can well, work. To
1: simplify, I, in, in my life, one of the things I try to remember to do is to remember that everything that I have has been gifted to me from God. So if I if I make sure I'm aware and think about the source of all those blessings, then that would automatically align my thinking and my heart in such a way that I understand there, it, there's no reason to elevate that or try to separate that from
0: God. Well, I've been controversial all week, so let me mm-hmm. just do it again. Because a few minutes ago, I said anything material in my life or non-material in my life. Um, let's say a Christian says, "God, you know, you're you're my spiritual, you're my spiritual authority as long as it doesn't come to entertainment." Ooh. Yeah. So my entertainment is my business,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know, you're Lord over my life at church and you know, you're Lord over my life when I give you time, but not over what my entertainment is.
1: I think that's, well, you know, that I have a real big thing about that. (laughs) I think what we put in front of our eyes influences our heart and our thinking and our attitudes, and I think it's incredibly important. And you and I have lived long enough, we've watched generations be completely influenced by the media that they consume. They're literally consuming that. And it's normalized a lot of things that are wicked, and yet they've been normalized.
0: Well, do you see why I'm saying? If it's not in the Lordship of Christ, can it become an avenue through which the enemy can come into our lives? You know,
1: this is is an old-time illustration. I know it has to be because it's old. I mean, we're (laughs) old. But um, we used to say a good test for that is... How comfortable would you be if you knew Jesus was sitting right there beside you, watching this with you? Well, I think it's right um, up today because He is. He and He, he is, is, of course, He is. But we just don't think about it. And I think, how would Jesus feel about that profanity? How would Jesus feel about that nudity? How would Jesus feel about that coarse talk or the the mockery of of Him?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's another one too. But I mean, you know, I've heard many Christian friends tell me, oh, I watched this show and it's really great now. It's got some elements in it. Mm -hmm. They're sort of like preparing me for it and I'm like, That'd be like saying, well, this food is really, really good, only Except has a little poison. bit of poison that's yeah, in it. Just for you know? the poison
1: that's in it. But yes.
0: I, I, I'm trying to just broaden this out because when Pharaoh said to Moses, you can go but leave your possessions, mm. I think possessions here is bigger than just stuff. money. It's Better time. Stuff. Mm. It's time. It's hobbies. It's, mm. it's how we invest our lives. So to me, it's any investment that we can make in our lives. And I think Satan is still offering this deal today. He's mm. saying, okay, oh, yeah. you know, you can be a Christian. You can get serious about following Jesus. You can go all the way and you can make sure that your kids know about Christ. But there needs to be elements in your life that Jesus is just a little too for. Well, and, and, and
1: you know, in, within the Christian community, it's like, well, if you don't watch those shows, you won't know what so and so is talking about when they start talking about it. You you want, you need you need it. You need it in your life yeah. so that you can be relevant in the culture.
0: Yeah. Well, I can I can I think I can live with that loss. Well, okay. So we've been talking about uh, verses not only from the Book of Exodus that have to do with um, the compromises that. Pharaoh offered Moses, but we've also been looking at verses in the New Testament where the Bible speaks about the world system. And and my goodness, there's so much that we could talk about. In fact, the book of 1 John, the very theme of the book is pretty much God versus the world system. Mm -hmm. But I wanna go to the book of 1 Peter today to look at a verse of scripture that I try to take into my own heart Peter writes, dear friends, this is second, uh, excuse me, first Peter chapter two, verse 11. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from the worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Now Mary Alice, I really want your take on this mm-hmm. because first of all, Peter is, I before he gets to what we need to do, he's identifying us.
1: And it's so important.
0: Yeah, because he's saying, okay, considering the fact that we're temporary residents and foreigners in this world, Jesus said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but you know, keep them from the world. He's saying, keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. So I think that's a really good place for us to, to end today. So what do you think about when you see Peter say, you're not of this world you're you're just a you're, you're on a work visa mm-hmm. you're temporary residents and then keep away from these worldly lusts that war against yourself
1: well i i would say first of all i want to identify those things because we they can get kind of jumbled up and maybe we haven't clearly identified them just like we need to to clearly identify as peter does here who we are we're just temporary residents this isn't our this isn't our forever home yeah. This is just a temporary place. So those worldly desires that wage war against your very soul means you 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 you, you uh, are vulnerable to suffer some measure of loss. It doesn't mean that you won't go to heaven, but it is it is a war against your soul, and we don't we don't want to uh, voluntarily line up for something that's going to harm us.
0: Yeah, we know in New Spring, I know, and, and I going to know many of you who watch us on knows when Winner are not New Springers, but I think this is probably true for where, wherever anyone lives, but especially in, in Wichita, we have a lot of, a lot of us, uh, we, we're not from here and then oftentimes we work in places, in various parts of the world. I mean, we make a lot of the world's airplanes here mm-hmm. at New Spring, so I've met a lot of people in the aircraft industry that would be in foreign countries. They, they might be in Saudi lot. Arabia, mm-hmm. they might be in France they clearly understand what it's like to be in a culture, but there to do a job. Mm -hmm. And many elements of that culture are not going to permeate their lives because they're there to get the job done. They're focused on the job. Thinking back to Kansas. That reminds
1: me of a conversation I had with a neighbor of ours who travels in that very similar way that you just described. And she was kind of chuckling about her friend saying, oh, you went to Paris? And she said, you don't understand. I went from the airport to this job and I went from the job back to the airport. And yes, I probably saw it as I was flying over, but I didn't go there as a tourist to enjoy the sights. I went there on a mission and we're here on a mission.
0: That's so important for us to recognize because what a mistake it would be for us to be in this world system only for a little while. Peter said temporary residence. Hmm. Be here for only a little while when we're gonna live forever in heaven and yet to just get so saturated with the culture of this world. I think that's mm. what this whole this mm. whole discussion from Monday till today has been about.
1: Mm. And it's just the right perspective, having the right perspective and knowing the enemy from your friend. And we've talked about this so many times that what God has for us is mm. blessings. And what the enemy wants to do is steal from us and use us.
0: I uh, I love this so much. You know, uh, I, I didn't read this when I was back in Exodus, but I I just feel like I have to go back and look at something else in the book of Exodus there in chapter 10, because Pharaoh, uh, you know, Pharaoh was trying to tell Moses how to worship God. Mm. remember Pharaoh Mm. represents Satan. And, you know, I think the devil will try to do that. I think he'll try to tell us how to worship God. And so, you know, Moses has basically said, I'm not going to take any of those compromises. And then I think I'm in verse 28. Uh, he said, Moses said to Pharaoh, we won't, know how to wor- we, we, we won't know how we are to worship the Lord until we get there. <laughs> Basically, Moses was telling Pharaoh, don't tell us how to worship God. You know, when he gave all those compromises, Pharaoh was like, okay, worship God, but do it on my terms. And Moses was like, we don't even know how how to worship God. We'll know when we get there.
1: Well, and it's interesting here too, because that <laughs> worship we're talking about has to do with the possessions. We, and you, were, you were talking about um the generosity of new springers that give because the possessions do matter
0: yeah yeah they do well I just can't get away from that you know the devil's always going to try to tell us how to worship God on his terms he did that with Jesus you know fall down and worship me and I'll give you all the mm-hmm. kingdoms of the world but I just love Moses saying to Pharaoh don't try to tell me how to worship God That's I'm not. just going to follow God I'm going to go all the way with him well it's a great time for us to pray why don't you pray for us today Miracles?
1: Oh, Father, thank you so much for loving us so much to offer us freedom from the bondage that Satan wants to hold us under. And I pray that you'd give us clarity to be able to clearly see um, his deceptions. And help us to remember that we're just here temporarily, and what you have for us in the future is so wonderful. We can't even imagine. And we look forward to that time. We look forward to the time when Jesus is going to rule and reign. And we get to be part of a place that there will no longer be this conflict. There, there will no longer be the deception. And we'll get to we'll enjoy that time in a time of peace and prosperity that you mm. provide. And what a wonderful time to look forward to. But just help us to keep our perspective, forward, Father. And uh, help us to remember that everything that we have is a gift from you. And uh, clearly, you are a good Father to give us some many yes. wonderful gifts to let us enjoy in this life. And we just want to remember to be grateful. And to hold those possessions loosely, knowing that the, uh, the great blessings that you have for us are eternal and not temporary. And I just pray that you would use us in a special way, even today. All, all of those that are watching or listening to Noah's Window, I just pray that you would be in each and every person's life and their family. That you would wrap your arms of love around them, draw them close to you. Help them today with wisdom and healing and comfort and peace and all the things that are needed. That you can provide, and we just pray that you'd help us as we, uh, as we shine our light in this very dark world. Uh, mm. Help us to remember, uh, while we're here, what the mission is that we're on, and we're going to give you the praise and the glory for that. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for praying for us, Mary Alice. Thanks for joining me and my best friend and the love of my life uh, in our morning devotions. I hope, hope these are a blessing to you. And as always, we love hearing from you. So anything you want to share with us, prayer need, prayer request, just something going on in your life or just something you'd like questions. for us. Questions. Yeah, have questions. Anything you'd like for us to tackle on Noah's window, we'll, we'll be glad to do our best. Well, one more time, thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow, by the way, at New Spring this weekend. We're having the last of our I Wish I Could blank talks. And I think you're going to find that uh, the talk this week is going to have a lot to do with what we've been talking about on Noah's Windows. Mm -hmm. So we'll see you tomorrow on Noah's Window and maybe this weekend at New Spring.